You're listening to the Denver Real Estate Investing Podcast, where it's all about helping you grow your Denver real estate portfolio. Here's your host, Chris Lopez. Welcome back to another episode. Today, we'll be doing a deal analysis on a home that has an ADU in Southwest Denver, has really strong cash flow of about $500 a month. So we'll go through all the details. Before I jump into that, my co-host today is Preston Newberry. Preston, what's up, man? Hey, how's it going, Chris? Thanks for having me on, man. I'm uh, looking forward to talking about this one. This is the first kind of detached ADU that we've closed on. So this was a really fun one to do. Yeah, and I mean, just the numbers are the numbers are great. Um, so going some background on the property. So this is a five-bedroom, 1.5-bath house in Athmar Park. So if you guys know where... Alameda and 25 is. So it's west of I-25, south of Alameda. It's in that neighborhood there. And uh, just, you know, looks like a normal house from the front, but then out back, there's a very small uh, one bedroom, one bathroom ADU. Now, I mean, it's very small, very small. Yeah, but it works. Yeah. And the tenant that's in there now wants to stay. And that was the other nice thing. It didn't need to uh, need any work done to it. So um, it was just a perfect opportunity. Yeah. And so we found this deal, this is actually through networking. So this is a deal that came to us. We saw it, we're like, yes, we will definitely take it. And we'll dive into more of the numbers and some of the exit strategies in a few minutes. Uh, but it's kind of giving the, the context here for the client we matched up with it. Uh, our clients are buy and hold investors. They've had some rental properties, I think, for I want to say at least 10 years or so. And a few months ago, they you know realized they had a lot of equity in there. Interest rates, as everyone knows, dropped. So they did a cash out refi on I think a couple of the rental properties just took out took out a big chunk of money to go out there and buy some more rental properties. And they're doing that to go out there, you know, they got their their day jobs and this is just part of their retirement plan. So as the equity builds, their savings builds and go out there and buy a couple properties. So they wanted to uh, you know, their preference was to find uh, a house. And I mean, we have this conversation, I don't know, at least a few times a week Preston with clients that, you know, finding uh, houses with strong cash flow in Denver or Denver Metro. It's tough. It, it's really hard, Chris. And, you know, a lot of people, you know, kind of want to go out and find the single family stuff, but it's just really hard to find anything to make the numbers work. And that's why so often we end up either with, you know, some of the condos or townhouses or even some of the bigger multis, just because that's where the numbers make more sense. And so uh, with the investors, this was right up there, you know, right up their alley. And then going into more details on why we liked it. So I think I mentioned earlier, but the, the main house is a five bedroom, 1.5 bathroom house. So there were uh, two bedrooms in the basement, I think two bedrooms on the main floor and one bedroom upstairs. upstairs. They converted the attic. Yeah, they converted the attic yeah. into a bathroom and a living space up there. Yeah. And so it's just, I mean, it's, it's a great setup. And then out back, completely detached is the ADU. And it's, I mean, it's a, it's literally a tiny home. It's very small, but it's highly functional. It's a one bedroom, one bathroom. And we were looking at it. The main house uh, was vacant. Uh, but the ADU had a tenant in there, and she'd been in there for a number of years. And just the property manager said, "Hey, great tenant, been you know paying, wants to renew." Um, so we, you know, great. The tenant's in there; it's place, which is very, very nice. So part of the reason we really like this place is just location in Athmar Park. So again, you know, this is you know Southwest Denver is really one of the last affordable pockets of Denver. And so what's going on there? If you guys ever driven along Alameda? Federal Sheridan over there, like you can see transitions. If you haven't, take some time and just drive up all the neighborhood roads along there, and there's you'll dumpsters see dumpsters everywhere. Yeah, there's dumpsters, uh, and there's just, I mean, sometimes some scrapes or all of a sudden, hey, a house is knocked down. Now there's a duplex 
next there. Yep. And this neighborhood, exact same thing is going on. I mean, at least right next door to this place, there's a duplex from what, two or three years ago they yeah, built? Yeah, it's about two years old. Um, yeah. And then, you know, one street over, there's a, a bunch of, um, there's a triplex that they converted into single units. There's just a bunch of new construction going on over there. So a lot of activity happening in this area. And I think Chris and I are both really uh, kind of bullish on that that area of town and, and know that it's one of the last transitioning areas where you can still find some affordable stuff. So we were really excited to find a property over there that cash flowed like this um, that was still, you know, affordable in mid sense. And one of the great things, too, is those houses over there, they're oftentimes, you know, small homes or two or three bedrooms. And just the layout of this, and luckily the basement was tall enough. I mean, we're, not talking, we're not talking eight-foot <laughs> ceilings, but we're talking yeah. good enough ceilings in Denver um, to where it makes sense for adding two bedrooms down there because it's, it's hard to find, like, a, a four- or five-bedroom house in that part of town. And that's what you really have to have to make any of the numbers yep. work in the single-family stuff. You've got to have, you know, four-plus bedrooms um, to really see the return there. And as Preston said, it's really strong cash flow. Um, but the great thing is, you know, if you look at it from like, you know, I'll say like a five or 10 year time horizon, you know, what's going to happen as, you know, more and more people move into there and they'll push up prices, more and more houses get scraped and put duplexes up to sell off, you know, two sides or new homes get built in there for custom homes get built, it's going to drive up the value. So it leaves our investor with lots of great options. Great. Just sit on the cash flow because this is a, you know, one of the best cash flowing detached homes we'll see in Denver. Uh, but then also, hey, in five years, chances to do a cash out refi, assuming, you know, high likelihood that we'll see good appreciation there. Or, you know, sit on at some point. I don't think right now, but in five or 10 years as development, the development cycle goes through, hey, either partner with the developer or sell it off to a developer, and it might just be like, hey, cool, knock it down and build up a duplex. Yep, put up a duplex. That's the other thing I was going to talk about is just the the zoning over there. It's very favorable, obviously, with the ADU and stuff like that, that the upside for later on down the road is is something that was, you know, really exciting to our client as well. And they're all the, you know, the standard uh, Denver lots over there. So numbers make sense, all that stuff too. Another reason we liked it um, is the seller did quite a few updates in there, like around $25,000 or $3,000 for the update. So two permanent egress windows in the basement, a bunch of electrical work, uh, new new flooring on the main floor, and just a couple new windows, a bunch of other miscellaneous stuff. And uh, I mean, Chris, you and I both walked this property a uh, long time before it before it got sold. I mean, it was what, last year? Yeah, it was um, like uh, September yeah, last year. Yeah, it was September of last year. And uh, they did a ton of work on this place to get it ready to sell. And that was uh, really, really cool to see. Yeah. So getting into uh, the contract details, uh, how we found that this is definitely one of the more unique stories so far in our deal analysis series. So back in like late February, early March, I actually had this property under contract myself to buy because I had, as you guys have been following me, I did a cash out refi end of last year, had a chunk of money saved up to go buy another down payment. And this would have just eaten up all my down payment. And since this is a home, I was able, I was actually going to do like a 15% down payment on here because that was just like, I had enough for that plus my reserves and closing costs. And the interest rates made sense. Yeah. And I, again, I'm, I'm like a leverage person with lots of cash in the bank. Uh, then you guys don't happen mid-March. Uh, the world got the giant COVID curveball. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, my wife got furloughed and she's a, a W-2 veterinarian. And we got blindsided by her being furloughed because veterinarians are usually very uh, uh, resilient. Yeah. Yeah. But I guess not during, you know, viral pandemics. And so that was unknown to us. And then I wasn't sure what the real estate world was going to do. So we're like, yeah, we you know, it just became too big of a question mark. Uh, so unfortunately, we had to cancel that, you know, just due to like, you know, uh, financing issues and life and all that. 
I said, hey, this is great. You know, found one of our clients for it. Um, and he jumped on it. He's like, yeah, these numbers are great. We had everything prepped and ready to go. And so just based on the fact that we knew it, we already had the relationship with the seller. We got it under contract for four thirty nine, and we had negotiated. Actually, they would knock off five thousand dollars in price just because we had the relationship. And so we discussed about either lowering the price or doing the seller credit, right? We did, um, and it so made more sense. So why did you do the seller credit? Uh, seller credit just allowed our client to keep more more money in their pocket, right? They didn't have to bring as much money to closing. Well, explain and- that in more detail because that's it's one of those. F- Points we talk about a lot of people don't don't quite understand. Yeah, so the big thing um, with using seller credits for closing costs is going to be the ability to, you know, bring less money to the table, right? And through that, even though you have a higher purchase price, the the delta between what your increased um, loan payment is going to be versus what you're going to save cash in your pocket at the closing table. Um, that's something that we always kind of go through with our clients and see what makes the most sense. And if there's an option to pull that lever and do that, nine times out of 10, it makes more sense to take a credit from the seller, yep. put it towards your closing costs, even with a slightly higher payment, because you can now use that credit from the seller to buy the rate down, you know, put it towards, um, you know, any of the closing costs that you want and things like that. So, or just bring less money to the closing table. Or just table. bring less money to the closing table. Keep $5,000 more yep. in the bank. And so we, you know, of course, we still did, we still use the uh, standard Colorado contract. We did our inspection. Uh, and so a couple uh, items popped up in the inspection was the roof had, I think it was hail damage, right? Uh, it had a little bit of hail damage, but it also didn't have any gutters, which oh, yeah. was kind of surprising and something that uh, we didn't really realize. And nobody had kind of pointed out until uh, until the inspector was like, hey, there's, there's no gutters on this house. So um, that was one of the things that we needed to get sorted out. Uh, HVAC was, it was definitely newer. The mechanical in this place were updated in the last couple of years. HVAC needs servicing. And then when I had under contract, I, uh, you know, COVID came out right when I was about to do my inspection. As like the day before, the inspector was going to go out. My inspector was going to go out. But I already had the sewer guy go out. So we just used the sewer video for my inspection. Um, and there was some root intrusion on there. Which is pretty typical for houses of oh, this yeah. age in this part of town in Denver. I mean, they've all got clay pipes, and you're going to have a little bit of root intrusion no matter what. So it's just one of those things, you know, make sure you maintain it every year, get it cleaned, and you'll be fine. And then, you know, a couple of miscellaneous things like, you know, the the window, the laundry room is in the window, or sorry, the laundry room is in the basement, and the window in the laundry room uh, was like busted. Yeah, it was busted, and there was no vent for the dryer, which was also in that area. So uh, maybe that's why the window was busted. <laughs> maybe that's huh? why the window was busted, right? Yeah. Um, Plywood fixes everything. So the uh, inspection outcome, run us through that, Preston. Uh, yeah. So obviously we've done a lot of work with with this seller. So it was a, a pretty easy um, situation with them. Um, insurance was actually able to go out and replace the roof, which was awesome. Um, got some new gutters on the property um, through that process as well. The HVAC just needed cleaned. It was just dirty from construction and all that stuff, which we again, we see all the time. And, um, and properties that have been rehabbed. Um, got the sewer line cleaned and, uh, and the window in the laundry room replaced. And there, I think there were a couple of things, just miscellaneous things that popped up. And so part of the negotiation was we reduce the seller credit from five thousand to forty five hundred dollars to yep. help make up for I think the gutters or something. Yeah, like it was the that. gutters. Yep. Um, so we did that, and the financing our client used did a twenty percent down conventional loan. And since just to talk about financing, since we don't talk about ADUs very often, with ADUs, uh, you can still do the same financing as you would if you just bought a normal home. It's exact same financing. We do a 15, a 20, or 25% down. So 20% down uh, was a sweet spot for him because there'd be no PMI. Now, when I was under contract, I was looking at 15% options. I was going to pay PMI, which is going to be like $70 a month. For yeah, it was less years. than 100 bucks if I remember. Yeah. yeah. 
it was 70 or 90 bucks. I can't remember. Either 73 or 97 or something. But it, it was minimal. I was like, yeah, I'll keep an extra 20 some grand in the bank and just spend $100 and just a month it. for a couple of years yep. with the plan to refinance in three to five years. Uh, so, but our client was doing 20% down. Um, appraisal came in, no issues. Again, we reduced that seller credit. We negotiated up front from 5000 4500 to make up for a couple of the items that we wanted, but the seller didn't want to do, and that was that $500 difference we needed. So It's all no about compromise. Deal. We yeah. just want to have a win-win. I mean, $500 is a, is a nothing burger. Exactly. Right? Uh, PMI was none since he was putting 20% down, and his interest rate's at 3.75% on a 30-year fixed investment property. Now, he had to buy the rate down, the interest rate down 1.5 points, and this is just one of those snares where it's pretty common when uh, you know lenders present interest rates to you. There's often a required point buy down because yep. that's how they have to I don't quite know the details, but that's how they matched up back to like Wall Street at the back end. Somewhere along the line. I don't know yeah. that whole uh, whole story. We'll have to get Joe Massey to, to explain that one to us one of these days. Yeah. But basically, just, hey, cool. Whatever investor at the back end for their portfolio, they need a slice that fits these metrics. Yep. And then that's what they do. So he bought the interest rate down, you know, paid 1.5 to get 3.75 on a 30-year fix. So just amazing interest rates right now. And uh, we closed on this. It was like mid-May or late May, right? Late May. Yeah. So yep. so late May. So right, you know, interest rates came down for a week. They spiked, spiked. and then they were they came back down. So for now, what we're looking at are a couple spreadsheets on this property. We're just plugged them into Joe's spreadsheet. So we'll walk you through the numbers. But if you actually want to see them yourself, click on the link in the show notes, and the images will be in the blog link, so you can see those yourself. So we selected. Um, to keep things simple, we just said one unit here on Joe's spreadsheet, and we put 20% down, put the purchase price of $439,000 in there. <clears throat> Acquisition costs were about $7,500 between appraisal, inspection, point buy down, title fees, all that stuff. <coughs> Excuse me, loan costs about $1,500. His down payment's about $87 and change. Putting in the seller credits of $4,500. His total investment is $92,000. Plug in the interest rate at 3.75, 30-year amortization. And for the rents, uh, we just plugged it into one field to keep it simple for Joe's spreadsheet. But as you mentioned, the ADU is a legacy tenant, and she's paying $900 a month in rent. And the main house, part of the plan was as they were doing the work of the main house, they would get the house leased up or pay yep. for the lease-up fee to get leased up. So... A couple weeks before closing, uh, tenants came in. And again, this was like early May, so things were still very wonky. Fluid, yes. Um, and uh, But some great tenants came in. They just, I think, moved here. Some young professionals need, needed a house to stay in for a year, and they were paying $24.50 in rent. So $24.50 for the main house, $900 for the back ADU, so that's $33.50 in total combined rent. We put our normal assumptions, 5% vacancy, 3% rent increase, 3% appreciation, 25 25% for the effective tax rate. Yes to property management, we said 10%. And again, our PM we work with a lot of times charges 7%. Uh, but we always like to round up a couple percent for just lease-up fees and just some miscellaneous fees that come up. We put in 8% uh, repairs and reserves. No HOA. The new 2019 assessment taxes are just under 1700 Property insurance was about $1,500. Water and sewer, we pro forma at $1,500. The actual, based on the last year's, was about $1,150. So $81 a month for water, 
uh, and then $107 a year for storm and wastewater. And Preston, since this is in Denver, trash is paid for. Trash is paid for. Put it in the alley. Yep. What did we? And the electric. I mean, we had individual electric and gas meters. Correct. Which is pretty pretty rare, uncommon. Yeah. But I mean, just phenomenal. So that just keeps keeps life easy for the landlord and the property manager, and therefore the tenants just pay their own Excel they bill. They just pay their own Excel bill, and you don't have to worry about it. And landscaping. I mean, you know, to be very frank, this neighborhood don't really need to about landscaping in. Um, and also, we just made the they made it the tenant's responsibility. Yep. I mean, uh, you know, it has a little bit of grass there front and back and something that the tenants can easily manage. So rather than uh, paying extra for somebody to come in and do it, just make it a part of their their responsibilities. I mean, plus, I think it was like three doors down and across the street, people park their cars on their front lawn. Pretty so much, yeah. It's that, you know, it's that neighborhood. So don't do a little landscaping there, uh, which is which is great. We call that Zeroscape, Chris. Zeroscape? <laughs> <laughs> And so looking at the rental analysis, this is now the cash flow tab we're looking at in Joe's spreadsheet. So the total annual operating expenses are just under $12,000. That leaves us a net operating income or NOI of $26,000 and change. Monthly mortgage payments are $1,625 per month. That leaves us an annual cash flow of $6,745. How many houses do you see, Preston, that number one, cash flow? Number one, that cash flow, $500 a month. I mean, this is the first one that we've we've seen probably in the last two, two and a half years that was anything over, you know, a five cap. Yeah. Um, and this is just the reason if we can find ADUs, which are very hard to find, or they just get bit up so much they can't defeat the purpose of it. Yep. Um, but again, this one just, you know, right deal, right client, right everything. So it just, it makes, makes great sense. Well, and the other good thing for this client too, is they're going to be self-managing the property, it sounds like for a while. So- um, you know, you pull some of those property management fees out and now look at the numbers, right? Yeah, that puts us, uh, actually put them to about $11,000 a year if you take out that 10% property management. And realistically too, I mean, with all the uh, work that the seller did, I mean, I don't think there'll be a whole lot of maintenance there for the first couple of years. No, I think we got everything pretty much sorted out over there. Yeah, I mean, there'll be normal tenant wear and tear stuff. The ADU, the, the current tenant there is happy staying for a long time. Now, when she moves out, it'll probably need to be turned, but I mean, yeah. it's so small, it'll be a four or five thousand yeah. bucks maybe i would say like five to yeah. seven yep depending on you know finish but it is a tiny adu um but you know you can also sleep it as is and rent it for a long time um so he's in self-manage for and he'll be making over ten thousand dollars a year in cash flow probably more since repairs and maintenance will not be significant but we always underwrite that way because it's best to put that money in the savings account because for the rainy days you, you never have to replace stuff yep so looking at some of the normal metrics, it's a 7.3% cash on cash return and a 6% cap rate. And this is using our conservative long-term underwriting of 10% PM fees and 8% repairs and maintenance fees. So, you know, his will be higher since he's self-managing, but we like to keep all our deal analyses apples to apples. So, I mean, just a 6% cap rate in Denver right now is great. A 6% cap rate in a single, single family, family home, home is amazing. Is greater. Yeah. And then the fact that, hey, we have a couple exit strategies here. Hey, just sit on it, make lots of cash flow. Maybe do, a, in five years, cash out refi or sell it to developer. Just makes it a- so many options. Greater, greatest yeah. deal, right? If that's good English. <laughs> we'll go with it, Chris. <laughs> um, hopefully you guys follow what we're talking about here. Um, so it's just a, a, a great deal. And just, you know, we talk about this all the time. I don't think we mentioned the podcast for a while, but I have notes on here is that you know, last, I think it was about over a year ago now, we did a very in-depth course on ADUs because so many people want to build ADUs. But Press, what's the problem with building ADUs? 
The problem we've come across is one, finding a lot that will allow it, and two, the cost. Um, you know, we've gone, as Chris said, through this whole ADU course and, and in-depth analysis on everything. And the problem is you're going to spend 200 to 300K to build an ADU. And that just doesn't, doesn't make the numbers make sense. And the other thing that people forget about is then how do you finance it? Because like, hey, great, let's say we buy a, buy a house like this for $440,000. We put 20% down. Well, if you want to go get a, a loan out back, we can't wrap that into our 30-year loan with Joe or another lender. We're so, looking at a construction loan. Yep, or a HELOC. Or a HELOC, but there's not enough equity in the property to do a HELOC. Nope. Maybe a HELOC on your primary. Um, or if you got cash in the bank. But then it's a 12-month build time. Minimum, minimum 12-month build time. Yeah. Um, and trying to get permits and get through the city, especially, you know, in some of the bigger municipalities here in Denver, it's uh, it's going to be at least 12 months, but more, more likely 14 to 18. Yeah. And then the problem is on the back end, a lot of times you're going to sink a lot of money into there. And great. Now it rents out for 1000 or $1,200 a month for a $200,000 investment. That's a pretty poor investment. And then you try to go get a refi, right? Yes. And that is the other tricky part is that a lot of people don't know how to value the ADUs because it's so new and nobody, you know, appraisers are still kind of trying to figure all that out. You know, it's it's such a uh, such a crapshoot trying to figure out if you're going to be able to get the value out of it. So I was actually talking to Joe about this uh, a month or actually about two months ago because, you know, he sees a, a lot of loans um, and he says, yeah, the few I've seen on ADUs, he goes, the biggest bump I've seen was like 50 some thousand dollars, give or take a few bucks. That's a um, long ways off from 200000 yeah. But the issue there is appraisers because, oh, great, you got one bedroom, one bathroom. They just basically add, it's like, hey, you got another one bedroom, one bathroom in your just house. Just added it to your house, yep. But they don't account for its entirely different structure, and it's, you know, it's a tiny home. Yep. So, I mean, if we can find properties with ADUs, we love it, and we're, you know, we're always out there searching for them um, and finding them. When we do find them, we jump on them. Like I said, it's just they're 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 the real unicorns. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Preston, anything else you want to mention there before we wrap it up? No, I think is, that covers everything, Chris. That was, uh, you know, another interesting deal that we always get to come across and uh, had fun doing that one. Great. So, guys, if you have questions out here about this specific analysis, email us, call us. We can send you the spreadsheet or go to the website, and a couple of the most important screenshots are there. If you need help finding investment properties or trying to find, um, you know, some of these better investment properties, well, give us a call. You know, as our network grows and everything, we're finding more and more properties and deals like this. So definitely reach out. So Preston, thank you. Thanks, Chris. It was awesome being on again. And thank you guys for listening. We'll see you on the next deal analysis.